Hello and welcome to a special edition of the 42 Courses podcast. Today I am chatting to Thomas Colster and Steve Latham. Thomas uh, is the author of The Goodvertising Book. Um, he literally coined the term. Um, he's also written a new book called The Hero Trap. And we made the advertising course with Thomas. Um, we're also joined by Steve Latham. Steve runs the Lions Academy School for Ken Lions. Um, he's their head of learning. And uh, yeah, we thought we'd have a little chat about advertising, the course, uh, some of the interesting campaigns that we've seen over the years, why we decided to make it, what is it roughly about, and then everything else. So I hope you enjoy it. It's, uh, it's a short but fun one, and I uh, hope you enjoy the course as well. Anyway, let's get started. Lovely to, uh, to have you both join us for today, uh, Sir Steve Latham and uh, Sir Thomas Colster. Uh, Thomas, obviously, Mr. Goodvertising, and Steve, uh, Heads Up Learning at Can Lions, um, both brilliant friends. And yeah, thank you very much for taking the time out to come and chat to us. Hello, Chris. Thanks for letting me be here. And the reason why we're here today is uh, to talk about Goodvertising. So this is our latest course that we've launched and we've made in partnership with Lions and in partnership with Thomas. Steve, I think you said you had, had a couple of questions for Thomas and uh, to kick us off. Hey Thomas, hope you're well there in Copenhagen. Um, loving the uh, loving the fact we can do this so remotely, and um, it is great to talk to you. And thanks for partnering on the course. To anyone who doesn't understand what the word in the term good advertising is, maybe that's a good place to start. Thanks, Steve, and 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 thanks, Chris, for you know putting all of this together. It's something that um, I'm sure that both of you know. I've been extremely passionate about over the last. Uh, couple of decades uh to the listeners to this little podcast thing i'm gonna tell you 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 should be disappointed because what you can't see is in fact that steve have this extremely beautiful uh christmas jumper on um so um shame that's the that's the disadvantage of uh, a podcast but anyway um <laughs> probably I mean, just as well thomas <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> I mean, why I think this is so important. I mean, the 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 fundamental fact was that, that advertising for me was sort of a thing that that started about a decade ago. Obviously, at the time, I was uh, working at uh, and heading up at a medium-sized agency at the time, and I was um, hugely frustrated with the lack of progress with the climate summit that we were hosting in Copenhagen and. So what came out of that frustration was, in fact, a book called Good Advertising. And, uh, you know, I'm a copywriter, so it's not a really genius thing to write a book that's kind of expected of you as a copywriter. But, but Good Advertising for me was two things. It was, at the time, you know, observing a trend that suddenly brands were talking about things that they weren't normally talking about about the role and the role that they had in society. And secondly, for me, it was also, you know, a rallying cry to creatives and marketeers for them to kind of be able to find meaning to combine the creative skill sets with actually contributing to society. So that was how I kind of framed it. Yeah, advertising as a force for good, basically. And then I know that uh, sort of the evolution of that, and I know we go into this in the course, but again just as a, as a sort of more of an intro we've 
it seems like the industry loves uh, always coming up with new words. So it sort of seems to have evolved from good advertising to purpose-driven advertising, which in my head was kind of the same thing, just a different word for it. And nowadays, um, uh, and I know this was going to be one of the topics at, uh, at Lions earlier this year, was um, they'd called it post-purpose um, advertising. So I wondered whether you could explain a little bit about what post-purpose advertising means to you. Yeah, I think in, in a way that the evolution per se, I mean, actually in, in the in the in good advertising, one of the dilemmas we had was in fact that we wanted to cover the nonprofit side of things as well, in the sense that you know, nonprofits have worked on a lot of these things for years and years and years. Obviously, cost marketing, the whole kind of corporate uh, corporate social responsibility movement, etc. And I mean, and today there's kind of whole explosion of different themes and terms and that for, you know, outsiders can seem crazy. I mean, brand activism is one of the things a lot of people talk about. And obviously, which I was very happy about the theme that um, uh, was launched last year at Cannes, the whole idea about post-purpose. And, and for me, the whole idea about post-purpose is in fact that when every brand out there is suddenly claiming to have a higher purpose and to play a, you know, a big role in society. How is that going to differentiate you? How are people going to believe you? How is that going to seem authentic? And so that development towards post-purpose, post I claim, is very much a move from you know a focus on the why to focus on who you can help people become. So it's actually about truly delivering a meaningful difference in people's lives, whether that is making people healthier or greener or more sustainable, whatever it is. So I think it kind of shows that progression in the course. And I think it's something that um, for people who are new um, to this topic will be really fascinating. And even for people who've been working on purpose campaigns for quite some time, they will get to, to, to um, learn and get updated with with a lot of the latest trends and and how how to do that right um makes a lot of sense i mean uh, steve you were talking earlier about patagonia i think yeah and they've won um and they've won at can they've spoken at can and um i think when you think about those companies that genuinely exist um with the purpose um for good there's probably not really actually probably not that many that do it genuinely and and you get the sense almost that the profits are there to keep the company going to keep doing good that's that's always been my sense mm -hmm. and i think patagonia have have managed to to do that but they've also done it with some incredible work as well uh, a work that's actually won at lions um and when you hear these brands talk you do lean forward and and listen, and I still remember um, Tom's um, with Blair when he he came to Cannes, gosh, maybe ten years ago as well. Around that, I still remember that um, the advertising industry, Thomas, um, at Cannes, trying to come together around this, around that Copenhagen climate change accord thing, and um, and the whole room. And Bob Geldof spoke, and I've. I've I can even, even now it sends the hairs on my neck um, shooting up. I've never heard, uh, I'd never heard a standing ovation before until I heard Bob Geldof in his kind of live aid moment, you know, like he, like he did all those years ago, asking the industry 
telling the industry that they were the most powerful people in the world for, from a communication point of view. And actually what really disappointed me was it was announced and really, really invested in by the by Havas, I think, who bought them and, and, and kind of seemed to die a little bit. And I think that's the thing about the brands that truly, um, truly believe in this, like a Patagonia, are still in existence and doing and doing so well. Um, and I wondered, I, I don't have this facts and figures to my to my fingertips, but I do wonder if these these brands also perform better in the, you know, as a brand in the marketplace. I mean, yeah, they in the, in the course we use as one of the case studies we talk about a lot. Um, just because it probably it, it's very global and 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 everyone knows it is is Dove, um, and we talk about Keith Weed and um, the research they've done at Unilever on on how effective their sort of purpose driven uh, brands are, and um, I think the figure was it's it's over fifty. They were over fifty. They grew by over fifty percent faster than uh, than their non purpose driven brands. Um, so, and Thomas, you may know the exact number for this, uh, but, but again, it's in the course. Uh, they've got a target. Uh, it's, um, it's, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. It's, it's uh, you know, growth grow twice as fast and today make up uh, more than half the revenue of, uh, of Unilever. And that was uh, what uh, Keith Weed shared from stage uh, a couple of years ago in Cannes. Yeah, and I think they, they, they've even put a, a date in the sand, a line in the sand to say that by this date, we want all of our core brands within our stable to have um, a clear purpose. And I, I think, you know, just for anyone listening who, who's think, wondering whether they should take the course or not, we're not in the in the in the course. We we don't say that every brand needs to have this sort of higher purpose. Like we're not sort of too self righteous about it. Um, it's just that you know, if you if you step back and have a look at it as an overview. It's clear to see, um, and, and I think Thomas and Stevie will agree that advertising has the power to shift culture and change society um, at its best because it, it, it's huge. It's you know it's something that people are exposed to advertising on a daily basis. Um, it's you know the course is really just trying to teach people how to do that in a way that that that's going to be more helpful to the planet, um, so that we don't mess that up so fast, and also do it in a way that 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 will shift culture within your organization so it's a little bit healthier and 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 as thomas says ultimately help people um and the, the way to do that i think is to listen to actual the actual public and really listen to people and what they want i think um often uh you know and, and where this is in our personal lives as well as with brands i think we spend a lot of time talking and not listening um and so i hope that anyone who takes this course will uh, probably remember to, uh, uh, to 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 sort of take the time to listen. I'd also hope, Chris, that even the people who are perhaps, you know, running the organisations take this because I think the a generation or two generations younger than me now, um, where you work is such an important part of, of you as a person. When I was first time I wanted a job and I never really thought about the type of company really I'll be a bit hand on my heart but but now to attract talent you've got to um you can't just say you're um a purpose-driven brand I think you have to in, in, you know you can't just say in advertising and copy and comms 
I think you've got to live and breathe it um, in, in, in how you in how you operate as a business, don't you? You know, like, you know, whether it be trying to be carbon neutral, you know, um, maybe, you know, maybe one, one positive of COVID is less business travel. You know, do we need to go back to that and spending the money and, and polluting the planet? You know, we've got to live and breathe it at every touch point. And I definitely think a new generation um, really believe this and want to work in those brands that, that support the planet at the end of the day it just makes common sense as well i think i think it's a yeah i think it's a, i think it's a very good point because basically this is not about this is not necessarily about doing good or necessarily about finding purpose this is basically just responding to the simple demand that people have towards brands today and I mean, what, what happened in a generation now is that a lot of young people growing up today don't see brands, you know, they, they, they see brands as the one who has been part of the climate emergency, has been, uh, you know, to blame for social injustice. So I think brands can't really ignore this movement. It's become a hygiene factor to somehow respond to this, whether that is true um, your packaging, whether that is innovating around your packaging, whether it is understanding how you today communicate with consumers around some of these um, topics. I often talk about how marketing is from Mars and sustainability is from Venus and how often that clashes. So I think it's, it's much bigger than just responding to this call for purpose. I think it's, it's basically something that no brand can ignore today if they want to be relevant in the marketplace. Makes sense. I know in, in the course, um, I wondered whether you could explain this a little bit more as um, you talk about transformative brands. Um, can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, um, as I explained a little bit earlier, I mean, I, I jokingly sometimes say that, you know, purpose is a little like, bit like Pokemon. Everybody is searching for it, but nobody really knows why. <laughs> <laughs> it somehow seems today that you know, every soft drink company, uh, you know, every chocolate bar company somehow needs to have a purpose today. And, and you know, Steve, you, you talked about, you know, how do you do that authentically? I mean, and is it for every company to have a purpose? And I, I don't actually think it should be like that because, you know, how many people do we know that have a purpose? I mean, are, you know, there are far few between. I mean, the Greta Thunbergs and the, Nelson Mandela's of this world, but but somehow I think we in branding have misunderstood the notion that because we're down in a supermarket, not every product you put it down in that shopping basket needs to have that purpose. But where I talk about transformation is in fact, you know, this space has evolved and it's not enough just to shout from every rooftop that you're oh so good and you're doing something for ocean plastics or say that, oh, we are an innovation journey. We're like 10, 20, 30% better or more climate friendly this year. I think the idea about being a transformative brand is in fact that I should be able to feel the difference, that the outcome is something tangible. And this is something that, I, that, um, that we touch on in the course and, and kind of help uh, brands and organizations understand this new reality. And that comes from you know, asking fundamentally different questions. And one of the key questions there is, in fact, who can you help people become? How do you actually help people uh, live more uh, 
you know, simpler lives, more connected lives, something that I think a lot of us have experienced now during uh, COVID-19 and, and during lockdown. It's something that matters to us. And I think that's basically what great leadership is about. And I think the brands that, it's almost like those brands that are, will always be truly meaningful and truly relevant are the ones that kind of dance on the on the top of Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs, that little pyramid up there that surrounds self-actualization. I think this is where brands need to find that meaningful role to play. And, and for me, that basically also just comes from asking yourself a question as whether you're a brand marketeer or creative, you know, what brands have really created a change in your life? What brands have mm. created a meaningful difference in your life? I think those are those are key questions today. I think also with um, nowadays, the positive of social media is if, if you go down this road and it isn't genuine, you get found out very quickly nowadays, don't you? And you can do um, irreparable damage to your brand if you're not really living this and it's tweeted or shared. And before you know it, you can undo years of incredible work, or brand building work in, in a in a, in a in a moment so in a way it helps to hold you accountable i suppose doesn't it in a, it's like a some form of metric to keep you accountable in that you can be found out now yeah i very much agree i mean the the new the new book uh that's also uh have given some insight into the cause is, is in fact called the hero trap and and why i wanted to call the new book the hero trap was just down to the, the, the thing that what I observed so often was that when a company go out there and stand up on this purpose pedestal and they scream, we are a super diverse company. <laughs> at, at some point, people are gonna criticize them or uh, the whole diversity discussion has moved on or what is diverse enough. Whereas if you suddenly as a company rather talk about helping people um, fight their own biases or their own prejudices, then it's a whole different game. And, and if you look at some of the work that I absolutely love, like PNG's The Talk, that's quite a famous commercial. Um, or if you look at, even though it was quite controversial when it came out, the shift from Gillette, the best a man can get to the best a man can be. It's exactly about our own values. PNG doesn't go out and shout, we're the most diverse company in the world. No, they ask each and every one of us to take a hard look at our own values and our own biases, and they want to help us overcome them. And I think that's exactly where leadership should be at in this um, kind of post-purpose world. And I think this is what brands should do to try and avoid that um, that so-called hero trap. Yeah, and the, the, I know that one of the bits that we spend a bit of time with on the course and, and thanks thanks really mainly to, mainly to you, Thomas, was looking at different ways that brands can start to measure things. Um, because at, at the moment, uh, most brands just sort of, you know, you, it's that famous saying, you are what you measure. And um, it, at the moment, there is no kind of industry standard purpose-driven measurement. Um, and you introduced the concept in the course of, of a different type of K KPI. I don't know whether you want to go into that quickly. Yeah, I think it's, again, it's one of the things that I'm absolutely going to applaud uh, CAN for also uh, driving, in fact, you know, embracing the sustainable development goals um, now for the third year. And I think for me, it's, 
really something that excites me truly. It's not just about creating some fun gimmicky campaign. It's really about looking at what is the what is the what is the actual impact? What is the actual change? And if you look at um, uh, one of the campaigns that won a lot um, last year and even the year before, the Duke, the work from Duconomy, uh, which is basically a credit card solution that gives you an, um, a carbon estimate on whatever you buy. It's 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 not only just a tool that opens your eyes to kind of live more carbon friendly but it actually also measures how people can lower their carbon impacts. And I think that's where uh, our industry can really be game-changing when we understand that these are some of the metrics that we can change. I mean, liters of water saved, uh, uh, kilos of carbon, whatever it might be. And, and, and I think the um, Sustainable Development Goal Alliance is is, is really a, a great category to look uh, look at some of these uh, emerging pieces of work that's creating tons of impact and 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 in fact that um, the the prize money uh, or the, the the award entry money uh, from that category uh, even went into uh, making a difference for for that uh, for that year's uh, Winning case is 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 really a showcase of how we can how we can combine creativity uh, with uh, with a beating heart as well. That's amazing. Well, I think uh, I'll try and try and figure out a way to round this up now. But um, perhaps uh, perhaps with um, sharing your the your favorite brand or a campaign uh, that that you think does this kind of advertising best, uh, and we can start with you, Steve. Uh, you get the easy one out. You can pick first. Easy. Well, I was actually I was um, in the background. I have the um, the work open, which is a um, archive. And I was I know I talked about Patagonia earlier. Although now I have so many tabs open, <laughs> uh, I can't. I wanted I wanted to say the exact name of the the Patagonia brief, but the one when you um, you can read down, and then when you read back up, it means something completely different. And while Thomas gives his answer, I'll find the actual name of the campaign. <laughs> Um, but but <laughs> that's not necessarily a new concept, but I think it, because um, I saw that a long time ago at Cannes, but I love that idea. I love that creative idea and then how they've used it for their brand for a completely new audience um, is is incredible. So um, I would say that's that's my one. Just quickly before Thomas starts, then my, my favourite Patagonia one is the one where they said, don't buy this jacket. Um, yeah. <laughs> It was just a print ad that showed a picture of one of their jackets and said, don't buy it. And then to the side, it said, you know, when you, if you buy a Patagonia jacket, the whole thing with all their clothes is that you can send it back and get it recycled. So they, they don't want you to buy uh, just new products all the time for the sake of it. They just want you to buy one jacket and then get it fixed and repair it. And they build them really well and they'll often fix it for free for you. So it's, just, it's a remarkable yeah. brand worth anyone looking up. Uh, anyway, sorry, Thomas. Uh, your your favorite I'll, <laughs> I'll i'll just take an easy pick because i just talked about uh the economy campaign but but why i actually do think that's brilliant is because it's it's scalable it's uh, impactful and 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 secondly also i mean it, it won across a lot of categories in can and the one thing that i really admired from the team from the initial idea 
to where it is today is in fact that it's turned into a um, a, 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 a quickly expanding, quickly evolving um, uh, new business. I mean, uh, they they are now opening um, and bringing this methodology into banks in in, in multiple markets across the European Union, um, and and there's a whole team uh, set up around a thing that just started as an idea on a drawing pad. And for me, that really also shows where we can go as a creative industry if we not only just look at ideas, but we actually make things happen. And that demands uh, hard work. And that's why I always love the economy case because it, it, it happened and it's a thriving business and the guys behind it uh, I mean, one of, the, one of the creative guys, Matthias, is now the CEO of, of the company. Maybe not the thing he thought about he would end up doing, but, but, uh, but it does show what, uh, what we can do as an industry when we really put our, our hearts and minds to it. Well, cheers for more people uh, who are creatives becoming CEOs. Um, I think uh, my, my one uh, is left field, and I actually didn't know this campaign existed until we, until we started doing research for the um for the course and you, I, I think it's even in lesson one we managed to get an interview with the people that made it it was from um tbwa try it day and it was from 2010 so years ago um and if, if you're an american listener you may have even know about this because i think 37 percent of americans were aware of the campaign which is huge awareness but it was called pepsi refresh the world i don't know if you remember that one and basically it's way before its time but pepsi put uh, millions of dollars of their ad budget, um, rather than spending money on Super Bowl ads, they created a, a campaign that lasted for several years. Um, and they allowed you, the public, to put forward different causes within three or four different categories. And then users would vote on those causes. And the, and the causes which had the most votes ended up being funded by Pepsi, which was incredible. Um, and they were all kind of community projects. And the only way to vote which was genius for their bottom line was that you had to redeem uh, vouchers or coupons that you could get on the bottom of bottle caps or cans. So you had to buy the product in order to, uh, in, in order nice. to, it, which I just thought was, was a lovely way to do something that helped communities around the U S but also drove business. Um, it's, 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 it's really lovely. And um, I thought that was my favorite campaign. Anyway, Steve, did you manage to find the name of the campaign or, no, thing. but I, it's amazing though when you start talking about these things. I suddenly just remembered like two or three others. You know that that the credit card that stops you spending when you get to your carbon. You know when you spend on your carbon limits. And then there was another one recently I saw. Um, it's a couple of years ago at Cannes where um, they put um, it, it was a washing machine business like Whirlpool, I think Whirlpool, it was, and they yeah. put yeah, and they put um, washing machines in um, American schools because um, kids were going to school or not going to school because their clothes were dirty. And it doesn't sound, could you imagine trying to sell a washing machine that way? You know, you, you just mm -hmm. don't, but it was an incredible campaign, an incredible case video that within two minutes just showed the transformative effect of having, having clean clothes. And, and the washing machine was only there to clean the clothes. They weren't pushing a product. They weren't selling, telling you how much it was or where to buy it. But, you know, what a, what a great, what a great brand um, brand positioning for them. I thought it was thought it was brilliant.
yeah, I think we're we're lucky to work in a in a in the creative industry, and I think more of us uh, can do these little things um, and help them in a better place. Then all the better for it. But uh, look, thank you so so much for taking the time, uh, uh, Thomas and Steve. Amazing to see you and hear you. And sorry again that everyone can't see Steve's Christmas jumper. It's magnificent. Um, a massive uh, tree on the front of it. Just a <laughs> massive tree with candy canes and jiggly bells and bolt bubbles. Brilliant. Um, Tons of LED lights. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of LED lights, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Um, but um, yeah, have a, have a lovely Christmas to anyone listening. And thank you so much again. And hope you all enjoy the Good Advertising course. Uh, you can buy it now at 42courses.com. So thanks again, guys. Cheers. Thanks again. hope you enjoyed that podcast um if you would like to take the course you can anytime you like now just head to 42courses.com select good advertising and because you are a podcast listener use the voucher code 42x good and you may even find it the price is a little bit special for you too um anyway hope uh, you are having fun and well wherever you are in the world and look forward to chatting again sometime in the near future till the next time Big love. Stay well.